This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. The butt is a pleasure zone. Hello, and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I recently finished watching Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I recently finished watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. We watched both shows together all seven seasons, comparing them as we went. And now we're doing season eight of both shows, which is Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, and season eight of the Buffy comics, alternating between the two every other week for the next few months. And this week, we watched A Year in the Life, Spring. How are you feeling about spring, just in general, real quick? I feel like it is still funny. It's got some really funny writing, but it's definitely different. And there's a lot of plot choices that I'm just like, what are we doing here? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I definitely get this idea that like Amy was like, yeah, I don't really care what the previous season did. We might redo some of those storylines. Mm-hmm. 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 Someone mentioned that... They're surprised we didn't talk about how winter opened up with, like, blackness with all, like, quotes from the original series. Oh, sure. They said they really like that part. It makes them emotional every time. Oh, yeah. I could see that. I guess maybe we should have mentioned it that it happened. I I don't know that it made me emotional, probably because we just watched all of it. Right. But I could see that, though. Yeah. Especially if when the time had passed. I bet that was kind of cool to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, when there hadn't been new episodes. Yeah. It's kind of funny that they don't do any kind of intro or like play the intro song in any way. It might be a little late by the time this episode comes out, but we're going to be at FanFest this weekend. Yes, super excited about it. I hope to see you guys. If you're not doing anything and you can get to Maine quick in a couple days, (laughs) we're going to be in Ogunquit, Maine for the FanFest Society Firelight event, which is a festival for all Gilmore fans. Some of the cast and crew will be there, and we're going to be hosting the cast panel. Like I said, it might be a little late to get there at this point, but if you live nearby, you can probably still get tickets. I wish that the guy who played Taylor was just walking through the festival, just like upset that things aren't going the way he wanted them to. <laughs> just just walking around like, oh, oh, where's the vendors? Just in character the whole time. Yeah, totally. Great. I feel like that would be amazing. I wonder if they'll be there. There is this couple that goes all out with cosplay. They, oh, they had a costume last year that I can't even tell you about because it's still a spoiler Okay, for Year in the Life. But he looks a lot like Taylor, so he'll often dress up as like some version of Taylor, which is actually why they do this specific costume. I think maybe after summer you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. I'll show you pictures. Yeah, but they've, they've done some like really elaborate costumes. What are we going to go as? We have to come up with a costume idea for the costume contest. I was just going to go as one of Luke's cups. <laughs> Well, we are recording this much sooner than it comes out. Uh, we, we just said it's in a couple days, but um, hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have decided. Our waters may be killing us slowly. That's new. <laughs> Our water started to smell like, Stacy describes it as sulfury. I would describe it as like kind of a rubber smell. It's not sulfur. It is like chemically though, but yeah, it's, it's not great. It's like right when you pour it out of the tap, like if you fill a glass, if you sniff it, it smells. It's but then after like 10 strong. seconds, it doesn't. It kind of goes away, but it's still like something's making that smell. That can't be great. 
We told our super about it, and he was like, it's fine, don't worry about it, I don't know, it's the wa- it's the city. You know him, he's angry all the time. He also said he couldn't smell it. Yeah, but also he, like, lives a life where maybe he's burnt all of his smell receptors away. Like, I feel like... Because he's a superintendent, not because he's, like, the cocaine, constantly. Uh, no, he's just, like, always working with, like, chemicals and stuff, I feel like, and sawing stuff with no, like, safety gear on. So, right, he like, loves to saw stuff. Like, he... We've talked about this before, but when furniture gets thrown away, he, like, chops it up like a psychopath murderer (laughs) trying to get rid of a body. It makes sense in New York. You got to get rid of this shit. But I'm always like, he's murdering a couch down there. Hey, we got rid of my old desk chair. You texted me when I was at work. You're like, I think I hear our chair being murdered. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, he laughs maniacally the whole time. (laughs) I was like, don't let Kurt see. He loved that chair. (laughs) He loved that chair. Kurt did. We held on to that chair too long. Yeah. There was like twice where we were going to get rid of it. And we decided not to because he sits in it all day, like once every seven months. Yeah. Our cat's he, He's a pampered man. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. The We've cat, been waiting. Not our cut him open like our super does furniture and see what's inside. <laughs> I meant our cat was pampered, not the super. Not that our- the super is just like, dude, you're a princess. You're pampered. Let's get into it. But first, actually, we have some five star reviews. Thank you. We're done. Uh, <laughs> from Spotify, thank you to Anya Mittman. Thank you. From Apple Podcasts, thank you so much to Sly Curl. Thank you. And also from Apple Podcasts from Australia, thank you to Leela88, who writes, well, the heading is all of the stars, all of them. So it's more than five-star review. It says, I binged this podcast, and since getting caught up, I now have to listen the day it comes out because I'm honestly hooked and go into withdrawals. Okay, well, if you or anyone else is suffering with addiction to our podcast, we do have a number you could call. It's Brian's mom's number, and (laughs) she'll just tell you stories about Brian's childhood if you want to hear them. You call her, and then she will call me, and then I'll come pick you up. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's a Kirk reference. I I see. uh, I didn't think it through when I said it, but it does come across (laughs) differently in this context. Yeah, so um, it's okay to be addicted to us. There's, You could just listen to it over and over again. I know some people are doing that. Actually, some people have told me that they are listening to the podcast based on our top tens. You know what I mean? Like we listed all of our, our top ten episodes from each series. Yeah. They're going back and listening to the podcast where we talk about those episodes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a fun idea because that probably would be like, I don't know, probably 20, 30 episodes worth of content. Yeah. If you're looking for a curated best of list to re-listen to. Okay. Should we start talking about Spring, Brian? Yes. Let's do it. Why don't you just summarize the general what happened a little bit? So, you're in the life Spring. What is it about? Well, it's about a lot of stuff. The episode is about Lorelai trying to repair the relationship with her mother via therapy at her mother's insistence. It's also about Rory still looking for that perfect job. She's getting dicked around by Condé Nast. As Mitch and Munzberger said. <laughs> yeah. And she's just looking for a job and having trouble with it. And she's getting dicked around by Logan. I mean, they're mutually dicking around. Right, but there's other parties that are not uh, consenting to this dicking around. There's two people that should have a say in this. Yes, and they would say no. Yeah, and that is Kirk and Petals. <laughs> The episode opens with some silent therapy as Lorelai and Emily are not speaking during therapy. 
And finally, Lorelai's just like, hey, I apologize for everything. Blanket apology. Everything I did, I'm sorry about it. And Emily's like, I uh, know that doesn't count. You can't do that. And this is what therapy is for them. It's like, it's a competition, right? It's like, who's the most wrong? Like, who's right? I want points. And it's kind of a funny bit where they just keep checking in with the therapist. Yeah, to be like, who's winning? Will you keep a score on that pad? Yeah, like, on your, they keep calling it a score pad. Like, put that down on your score pad, which is pretty funny. The therapist, by the way, does about nothing. I don't know anything about therapy, but she yeah. seems to be very uh, unactive. She's just sort of sitting there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she comments on, like, how the silence kind of says a lot. But it's like, I don't know. If they're not speaking, maybe it should be her job to prompt them to a little bit. Maybe not right. for the first session. Maybe for the first session, she is just sort of observing what their dynamic is. Yeah, it's unclear. So Lorelai thinks this is over now. She was just sort of running out the clock. But then Emily guilts her into doing this again next week. That was actually pretty great. She, like, starts to get emotional. She's like, I'm just this raw nerve i need you to help me Lorelai. my husband just died and lorelei's like oh fine if you're actually sad about it i'll fucking come back and then, then emily, emily like just snaps like out breaks. of it oh, thank great. you see you tuesday cheerio then it appears that a musical is starting now i understand there is a musical coming up and that's not the case they just cut to a big food festival an international food festival at stars hollow but it's just like very uh, there's a lot of music playing and it's very cheery yeah there's like a jovial Almost like the Lazy Hazy Crazy Days song. Yeah. So we cut to this big food festival. Lorelai is there with Luke and Rory, who are arguing over who's going to watch Lorelai. Because like she's going to eat too much or something? I don't understand what exactly the problem is. I don't know. Luke's like, yeah, I got to get back to the diner. Rory's flying away again. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but I don't, someone's got to watch her. And they like decide that Gypsy can keep an eye on her. I mean, she does go up to a compost pile. She's like, ooh, I'm going to eat some of this. They're like, this is garbage. <laughs> this is like literally garbage. Roy, by the way, is still being pursued by the CEO of Sandy Says, which is Sandy, who looks to be like a 14-year-old girl. She looks so young. I I'm sure she's 20-something, but she just looks like a child to me. And she's the CEO of Sandy Says, which is this like online newspaper. I'm doing quotes right now. It, it's, I, I, it seems like a nice blog, like a gossip blog, essentially, that she's like expecting or hoping to someday overtake like Huffington Post or whatever. But Rory's like, I am way better than this garbage. This is a trash rag. I'm not going to do this. They want Rory super bad. They're sending her like weird videos where she's like holding a picture of Rory over another employee's head. She's like, it's going to be you. Come on, Rory. It's weird. Rory's like, yeah, I'm over this. But it's probably nice to be wanted. She would have been like 21, FYI. The actress that played Sandy says. Yeah, she was born in 1995. So close to 14. It's about as 14 you can get and own a company. Yeah. At the festival, we have a couple of really fun moments. Taylor's freaking out because a bunch of the different countries, quote unquote, like the booze that we're going to be giving food for different countries didn't show up. So he's just like going around and planting flags. He goes, I don't remember all of them, but he'll like go to the Italian one. He's like, you're also doing Burundi and you're also doing France. Kirk had this whole list of, like, why people backed out. I don't know, various illnesses and injuries. But he's like, Singapore's just being a dick. <laughs> yeah, but then he's like, and the last hundred just didn't get back to me. We see Lane, and we get to see Mrs. Kim. and She is teaching a whole group of freshly arrived Koreans to sing, I guess. And they are awful at it. She says they suck eggs. <laughs> it's like a very harsh thing for her to say. Well, it wasn't, she didn't mean it like that, though. I know, I know, but it, it seemed like she did it first. Right, it was a misdirect because then Lane's like, Mom, I can't believe you talk like that. She's like, no, they just eat a ton of eggs. 
they suck eggs. I mean, that would be really weird for her to just say out of nowhere. So it was definitely a mystery. I don't know where that insult came from. Like, because honestly, go suck eggs. Like, would I, is that, huh? I would never say that to anyone. No. You get thrown out of whatever establishment you're in. Sent to jail for indecency. I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, I'm kidding because it's a silly insult. (laughs) I know. Anyway, the most important part of this episode is when Rory and Lane say hi and wave to Mr. Kim. He's there. He exists. And then we pan over to a guy who waves back, and it's her dad? So this is shocking and funny and complicated. I think it's very funny that the show is acknowledging that Mrs. Kim has a husband we've never seen, so he must exist. Because, like, the show should have just said he died or he, they're separated or something like that. Or he was a bad father and left. Because we've never seen or even mentioned him before. And there's just so many times we would have. Yeah, we've seen like family events. Like at least like five. Yeah. Her wedding, Lunar New Year, Thanksgiving, another wedding. He seems like a real Christopher. Like he's just not there for anything. Yeah. But he's there chatting it up at this spring festival. Yeah, all that food brings him out. It is funny. I feel like the show at this point kind of had to address it, but they could have said he was dead or something. Like, they could have had an actual justification for why we haven't even brought him up. But instead, the show's like, no, we're going to break the fourth wall and do a meta joke. And I'm on board. I laughed. It was funny. They can't kill Richard and him. I I think it'd be weird (laughs) for them to be like, yeah, he's just been dead this whole time. We didn't tell you. If they're going to address it, this is the way to do it. Wait, that's more weird than like, hey, guys, here's the thing that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, Rory and Lane just sitting at this table and suddenly Lane turns to Rory and is like, by the way, my dad died 20 years ago. Or, you know, it could have just been brought up a conversation like ever since my dad died, I've... Ever since my dad died back in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you writing it so poorly? When my dad died, you know my dad, the one we haven't mentioned in several years. No, we would come up casually in conversation or organically is the word, not casually. Anyway, too much time in this. There's also some other fun references to previous parts in the show. Like they're doing the basket auction from like season two or season three. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's two, which you didn't love. No, I didn't love, but I do love them revisiting it. I've Mm -hmm. said this a million times. That's one of my favorite things about Buffy is how much they reference previous stuff. Like, hey, this existed. It happened. We're saying that watching it was important. So this was like a nice, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And it's fun because Lorelai ends up buying some woman's basket and having dinner with her. You could tell she's just like not excited that she's going on a date with Lorelai. She yeah, wanted some guy to pick it. Definitely was looking for a husband that day and got Lorelai. Yeah, totally. Which is also kind of funny because they set up like someone should be watching Lorelai. Because if they don't, she's gonna like end up with some poor woman <laughs> ruining I mean, her day. Let her do it. Yeah. There's a dumb joke though that I really think is stupid. If I'm being honest, Kirk sees some guy roasting a pig and he's like, You monster, I can't believe you did this. Because remember now Kirk has a pet pig named Petals. Pedal. That's hard to say. Kirk has a pet pig named Pedals. What is? Kirk has a pet pig named Pedal. It's still hard to say. And he starts freaking out that this guy would like do this to a pig. Then Luke comes over. He's like, you had a BLT. The bee's bacon. Bacon is a pig. And Kirk's like, I'm a monster and runs away. Like, I mean, is Kirk that dumb that he doesn't know what pork is? He's selectively dumb. I I just don't. I didn't think that joke was funny. I actually kind of hated that joke. But there was some other good ones. Jackson's also there. Nice to see him. But Suki is still mysteriously absent. She saw some plant growing outside and wanted to see what she could do with it. I've seen like a bullshit excuse. I suspect there's something going on. Well, I suspect they couldn't get Melissa McCarthy to come back for all these episodes because she's an enormous superstar now. 
or she was just busy. But I'm guessing that there's going to be some like fight that happened or something. And she's sort of avoiding Lorelai because it's kind of nonsensical that she wouldn't show up or like send her regards or something. Right. So moving ahead with the plot, Rory's still looking for a job. And she has been writing this biography of this woman named Naomi, who's this like eccentric feminist, but also like a drunk. We saw her in the last episode being a little silly, but like very excited to have Rory writing a biography about her. And she goes on and on to tell Rory, like, put in all the details, you know, warts and all, even the bad stuff. Even if I tell you not to put it in, you got to put it in. Well, we start to see the side of her that other people like Logan were alluding to where she's pretty drunk and kind of rambling at Rory and like pinching Rory's cheek and stuff. That was like, I want to bite your cheek. To the waiter. She's like, don't you just want to bite her cheeks? And the guy was like, I do. (laughs) Yeah. The woman's being a little crazy. She's like, what if we did a children's book now? And it's like pitching the whale and the rabbit. Just like nonsensical stream of consciousness stuff. But she says something and Rory starts to write it down. She's like, oh, don't put that in the book. Don't, 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 don't write that down. So we're already seeing that she's like kind of taking back some of the stuff she said. And you can tell that Rory is a little frustrated that this woman's just like kind of rambling drunkenly. And we see Rory's notebook, and she's just doodled like a million martinis, kind of like making fun of Naomi. And I can't believe that Naomi wouldn't see that she's just doodling in this thing. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. And like all the drinks, it looks like clearly commenting on Naomi. She's also drawn a couple like hangman thingies. But like, that's not, you don't just draw those unless you're playing the game. It's just like not a thing anyone doodles that I've ever seen. But you also can't play hangman by yourself. Right. And they, like, really wanted us to know that she was drawing these, too. Because she mentions drawing Hangman later. Yeah. There's also a fun joke where Naomi says she voted for Brexit because it's not going to happen. And she was, like, trying to be funny. And it's funny because it did happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think, if I'm reading this right, the Brexit vote happened in June of 2016. So during this time period of the show. But I'm sure they filmed it before the vote happened. So oh, interesting. that they made that joke. They were really hoping it would pass so the joke would hit. Then we get to Rory eating lunch again. I don't know. Maybe it's a different day, but she's with Logan at a mealtime complaining about this woman. I wouldn't be surprised if Naomi just kept eating the food off Rory's plate so she didn't have a chance to eat. I guess we didn't see Rory eating in that shot. No. It was a drink lunch. So yeah, she's having lunch at a really fancy restaurant with Logan, and they're chatting about Naomi and how difficult she could be. She mentions that her Condé Nast meeting got pushed again. Hearing Condé Nast, Mitchum appears, just like a genie, just pops into existence. He looks exactly the same. Yeah. Does he, he think he like eats the fries off Rory's plate? I don't know, maybe. I have the episode pulled up. I could look. He does eat the fries off her plate. <laughs> Classic Mitchum, right? Like, hey guys, uh, I do what I want. A Mitchum, baby. Just shoving her fries and he's like, I own this place, kind of. He's actually being nice to her while eating fries off her plate. Yeah. He's like, how you doing? What are you doing here? Logan's like, oh, she was in town and I begged her to come have lunch with me. Mitchum asks about her career and she's like, ah, oh, Condé Nast is dicking me around. He's like, oh, I can call them and just like make a meeting happen because I'm a journalism god. Do you want me to do that? And she's like, no. I just want to point out he's the one that says dicking around. That's not a Roryism. <laughs> I didn't. Does he actually say that? I just improvised that right now. Yeah. He's like, are they digging you around? I could talk oh. to them. She's like, no, because she wants to do everything on her own. You know, she doesn't want things handed to her. I'm really throwing around the word dick this episode. Yeah. Well, he's like, all right, it was good to see you. And then he mentions something about Odette. And then we find out that Logan is engaged to some woman who lives in a different country. Yeah. What? A French heiress. 
I thought for a second Rory was going to be like, what? But it's clear she's aware of all of this. So Mitchum leaves and Rory's like, he saw us. You know, he's going to know about our affair. Logan's like, no, he won't. He'll just think we're friends. But it's just, I'm just, what? What? I'm so upset at Rory and Logan right now. It's, this is so frustrating. Maybe they'll go more into it. I think that they do. But yeah, I'm like, why, why don't they just be together? Yeah. Well, I mean, he lives in London. Okay, but she seems to be there more than Odette is. Yeah. He seems to maybe love Rory more than Odette. I don't know if that's true. We don't know what he's like with her. She seems asleep every time he's with her. But I'm having trouble. Guys, I hate to rant about this, but I just, it, how do you guys feel about this? I feel like it's so awful that both Rory and Logan are cheating on their significant others with each other. And we're like supposed to be rooting for them or something like I, this is awful. And maybe they will address it, but they haven't yet that Logan proposed and she said no. Like, what yeah. has changed that Rory's like, well, I'll just be with you without being married to you then, even though you're married to someone else. <laughs> I want to make it clear that I think it is totally fine if they're like, we have a relationship, it's open. We both go on dates or whatever, and we've all agreed to it. Cool. But having a fiancé that doesn't know about this relationship is not cool. If Odette was fine with it, fine, whatever. But I don't think Odette's fine with it. I don't think Odette knows. Also, this whole joke about Paul, Rory's, like, phantom boyfriend that she keeps forgetting to break up with. It's, why? That's awful. Like, this paints Rory as a villain, honestly. Or, like, just a really shitty person. And we all make mistakes. But Rory already made these mistakes. And she didn't learn from the whole Dean thing. I don't get why she needed to have a boyfriend. Like, I don't know what that adds. It was, like, a funny-ish joke for a second. But, like, why didn't she break up with him yet? Totally. Break up with him in the first episode. Yeah. Remember to break up with him after that first scene. Like, it's just, I don't know. The only thing I can come up with is, like, her having a boyfriend makes it seem like she's, like, less in love with Logan. And it's it's not, like, about her trying to get with Logan, even though he's got a fiancé, because she's got her own thing, too. And it is just very casual. I saw someone on the internet, or maybe it was one of our listeners, bring up the fact that Logan and Rory both couldn't handle seeing other people. Yeah. Like, Rory was like, if you want to do that, that's fine, but we're not going to be together. And then she, like, went on a date with that Robert guy, and he was, like, so, he was, like, shaking with jealousy. Like, he turned into a commitment guy for her. So it just doesn't seem like... I mean, they could have changed by now. It's been like 10 years later, but it seems like it's in their character to not be able to do this type of relationship and not be jealous. I totally agree with that. You could argue that they're older now and they're more mature and not as like crazy honeymoon in love with each other that you feel when you're first seeing somebody. But yeah, it doesn't seem in their nature, but also like Rory should have learned about this the first time when she like broke up the marriage with Dean, you'd think she would be like, I can't do that again. I've grown from that mistake. I've learned. But that's not, it's just, we're just doing the same thing again. And you'd think we would at least see Rory struggling with the morality of what she's doing. That's yeah. what I want. Like for me to still respect Rory, I need her to be like, oh, I like hate that I'm doing this, but like I just love Logan so much. Like I can't help myself. That's fine. Let's see that struggle. We're not getting any of that. She's just like casually having an affair with him. And I, I really didn't like that. I, I don't like the storyline. I'm hoping it's going to be fleshed out in a way that makes it better. But really, it just is like, no, Rory's a piece of shit, which is so not what the show's about. Like the show started with Rory being this really good girl who became an adult, who made mistakes. We all do. 
like the the Dean thing was bad. She should have felt guilty for it, but like I get it. It happens. Then you feel bad about it. You learn. You grow. We're not doing that. And I don't know. It's I I don't like this storyline. Sorry, Jeff said it. I also just really want to hear how Rory and Logan got here. Mm, mm-hmm. Like what what changed? That yes, he's okay with this, and she's okay with them having a casual relationship. When did they talk again after the proposal? Like how long did they wait to see each other? I'm sure Amy's aware that a proposal happened, but is she just choosing to ignore that because she had other plans for how Logan and Rory would go down? It would make sense if, like, Rory had a job in, I'm making this up, New York or something. Logan had a job in London, and neither of them could leave. And so they're like, we can't be together, really, but we can have this casual thing, but our careers are separating us. But Rory doesn't have a job. She can't even find a job. So, I don't know, it's a little... I guess there's some, she wants to work in America, so I, there's something there that makes sense, but. I don't know. She seems fine working in London. But also, the last thing Amy wrote, Logan was like going off to London to work. So it, it seems like Amy clearly wants him in London for some reason. That is true. I was actually going to address that because like then he just came back the next season. They're like, we're throwing uh-huh. that storyline away. And now we're just like, but no, he's still in London. <laughs> he's back there. Cut to what we've been wanting for the longest time. A gay pride parade in Stars Hollow. <laughs> well, we're cutting to a meeting. The show has notoriously been not representative of the LGBTQ community. Michelle was coded as gay, but clearly like said that he was into women. The revival has tried to fix this. They did that in the first episode with Michelle saying that he's got a husband. And now the show's trying to fix it even more with Taylor having a town meeting where he's like, guys, we gotta have a gay pride parade, but The problem is there's not enough gays in town. All of this, honestly, is pretty funny. Yeah. There's a a gay man from the community named Donald, and they're all so excited that Donald's going to be in the parade. And when they talk about him being gay, Gypsy's like, he's a pro, like a pro gay. (laughs) I also love, I think it's Andrew. Like, they address that there should be gays in this town. He's like, but we have such cute little houses and antiques. (laughs) Yeah, this is totally a town where gay people would live. Yeah, all of this is so funny. Like, Taylor's like, I asked the town next door if they could lend us some of their gays, and they will. And then, yeah, Andrew's like, we lent them a bunch of, like, stuff for their, like, last festival. They can't lend us some of their gays. (laughs) Also, Bootsy's here. Oh, yeah. Forgot all about Boots. He just disappeared from, like, the last four seasons of the show, but he's here. There's also a funny bit where Taylor's like, well, there's just no more gays. And Gypsy's like, you sure there's not any gay people you could think of? And everyone's leaning forward like, Taylor, we all know you're gay. Just Taylor. Just, you're gay, Taylor. Just say it. But Taylor's like, oh, I can't think of anybody. So I guess Taylor's not gay or not spilling it if he is. Taylor's also upset because the tax revenue isn't as good as it should be. And they need to be attracting more high-profile people that will buy stuff. Specifically, a nearby town is filming some movie. Taylor tried to get him to film it in Stars Hollow, but they wouldn't do it. They went to the town next door. And there's a bunch of celebrities staying over there, and they're rich people who are buying everything. Matthew McConaughey apparently buys three newspapers a day. That's strange. And something that might even be true. He's a weird dude. And there's a running bit now where Taylor's like, all we get are these B-list celebrities who aren't worth anything, and they suck, and they all have, like, shitty names, and they're all staying at the Dragonfly Inn. And he's like, we need to get actual A-listers. Yeah, they mentioned that some of these B-list celebrities, like their big credits are like law and order. And Bootsy is kind of like commenting on all this, saying like, yeah, I mean, it's if you're in one episode, that's not like an arc. And then they talk about like the mother load. I don't know what that is, but there's like a lot of actors that are in like one episode of a lot mm-hmm. of these crime shows. 
and you had this feeling that he probably was just based on how this was written. And yeah, he's in a couple episodes of different types of Law and Orders. Yeah. He's in a Blue Bloods, which is another show they reference. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that was a meta, meta joke. joke. Yeah. It's funny. That's why they brought him back. They wrote this joke and they're like, oh, yeah, Boots. Shit. Has he not been in the show for four seasons? A lot of Gilmore actors are in shows like ER or Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. like medical shows like that, where there's like a famous sick person every week. Like Paris, Mrs. Kim. I think Rory is like a doctor in one of those shows, briefly. Interesting. There's also, I think, some foreshadowing here because Gypsy's like, hey, you know, if you want more tax revenue, why don't you just open a bar? You know, that'll make a bunch of money. Mm. And Taylor's like, no, 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 because he's like super conservative. It's interesting. He's super conservative, but like very gay friendly. But then (laughs) Babette is like, why don't you tax the secret bar? And he's like, secret bar? And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Shut (laughs) up. What are you? Shh. I'm a little confused because didn't we like straight up say there was a bar in the town at some point in the previous season? The writers of season seven did. <laughs> yeah, Amy's like, no, 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 no. Season seven did not happen. I don't know that they ever said that that bar was in Stars Hollow. It could or be in was the not a town. secret bar. Right. Yet yeah, we don't see Taylor there. But Taylor, I think, knew about it. And like Lane and Zach, it seemed like they're walking to karaoke. I guess they could be walking to their car. I don't know that we know it's in Stars Hollow is my point. Mm-hmm. Find out if your blisters are gay. What? Do they say that? Your blisters are gay. B-listers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Taylor, are your blisters gay? <laughs> no, Taylor's like trying to ask Lorelai to find out if any of her B-list celebrities can come to the bride parade. <laughs> so then we cut to the inn where we immediately find Michelle upset about these B-level celebrities. It's weird that they don't address that Michelle could come to the Pride Parade. Like, yes, I have kind of just always assumed he doesn't live in Stars Hollow, but I don't think they've actually ever said that. It's just really weird that the show wouldn't connect that since we've made this character gay. We like know there's at least one other gay person. I don't think he would do the parade, but like make that a joke. Yeah. Like have Lorelai be like, that's not going to happen. Just a quick thing. Yeah. So yeah, Michelle is upset. He has this whole rant about how... The inn has peaked, and what's the point of living if we're never going to bag Jennifer Lawrence? I mean, that's how I felt for a while uh, in my 20s. No, <laughs> in my 30s, because she would have been young. Yeah, she was so young. So he's, like, putting all these ideas in Lorelai's head, like, we should have a spa. This is what they want. They're not coming here because we don't offer these things, which gets in her head a little bit. I already see where this is going. You do? Yeah, it's, it's like, again, like, she didn't even watch the last season, or she did, and just took some ideas from it, because... Emily already was like, we can add like a spa or like a tennis thing to your inn. I'll give you money for it. And she turned it down. And we have not addressed that since. So I think she's going to get some money from her mother to help expand the inn. That just makes sense. I truly don't remember. There's a running bit in this episode about these B-listers or blisters. <laughs> where <laughs> they don't eat. my phone <laughs> B-listers. And it it's so funny. Didn't it, put yeah, the blisters. These B-listers, for one, all have like really dumb names. But for two, they don't eat. They just like hang around because they, they have to look good for their scenes. So they don't eat. They don't do anything but just like walk around and look good or exercise. And so we keep seeing them in the background doing nothing, looking pretty. Two of them, by the way, are the hosts of the Gilmore Guys podcast. That's fun. They bagged a cameo. I knew they were in it because I'd like seen pictures of them. But I, I surprised I like picked them out. They, they feature them pretty prominently. The camera sort of lingers on the room with them in the center, like even after Lorelai walks out. Yeah. So Lorelai goes home. She wants to talk to Luke about her 
in Troubles. But Luke's on the phone with Liz and TJ, who've accidentally joined a vegetable call. You know, you know. Like you do. So she starts mentioning how she wants to expand. And Luke has like a little outburst where he's like, you don't need to expand. If things are going well, why do you got to change it? He's not big on change. He shuts her down. To Luke's credit, he then backtracks and is like, hey, I didn't mean to be so harsh. I just don't want you to listen to Michelle because he's a big complainer, which is true. He says Michelle's been complaining for 20 years. Let him complain. So have you, Luke. All you do is complain. <laughs> Let him complain. Fun things in the scene, though. Yes. Lorelai yes, yes. is, I mean, she's eating like probably noticeably a less healthy meal than Luke in general, but she is having a salad. And, and Luke, Luke is eating like a nicer meal while watching TV. And I was thinking that this scene, forget the outbursts from Luke, that, that's important, but the scene is kind of nice to show how their relationship has evolved and the compromises they're making with each other. Because I just really don't feel like Luke's the kind of guy that's like, yeah, I'll eat dinner while we watch TV. I, def- I feel like Luke's the kind of guy that's like, no, you eat at the table. Mm-hmm. But also Lorelai's the kind of person that's like, I'm going to eat my gross meal. I'm not going to have a salad. But Luke is always like, please eat something healthy. So I think she's like, okay, I'm going to have a salad with my meal. And yeah. you're going to watch TV with me. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a nice like showing us their compromises without like shoving it in our face. It's I, yeah. I liked that. That was great. And then Luke is like, by the way, Mr. Kim died several years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then we see Lorelai getting out of bed in the middle of the night. Luke's like, go check on Polanka. But when she goes downstairs, it's the real Polanka. We find out this is her third dream about him. So she calls Rory in the middle of the night. Rory's at Logan's place. He's just like in bed. So we know that she's with him still. But she's like, what does this mean? She kind of just like asks Rory about her thoughts on all this. Because she's worried about like Michelle leaving. She thinks that's why she's having dreams. I don't know. I don't know why Lorelai's having prophetic dreams all of a sudden, but like. She might be a slayer. Maybe she got activated by season seven of Buffy. I do like when she specifically mentions that Michelle is her Paris, like her angry friend. Yes. She's like, he's my angry friend. I was like, oh, that's, I like that. And then Lorelai's like, oh, so you're still staying with Dee Dee? And Rory's like, huh? Ooh. She's forgotten her Dee Dee lie because when she's in London, she tells Lorelai she's staying with Dee Dee. But she doesn't. Yeah, it's complicated. I'm confused by how Rory forgot Dee Dee. Because it's like a name she's used a few times. So it seems silly that Rory like forgot what the hell this is. Like, yeah, I mean, like, that's the lie you've told your mother several times. You don't remember? Joaquin Phoenix's real name is Joaquin Bottom. Really? I I figured it was true the way she said it. But I was like, I don't think that's true. Yeah, his name is Joaquin Raphael Phoenix Bottom. Interesting. Yeah, you got to change that shit. So his brother's name was River Bottom? <laughs> That's funny. River Jude Phoenix Bottom. The next time Lorelai goes to therapy with her mother, it's about the same as it was last time. A lot of silence. It's kind of like that Friday night dinners are okay with fighting because then we cut to them just like laughing hysterically as Lorelai's <laughs> telling Emily a joke and Emily like cannot. She's going to pee herself. She's just like, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> I'm laughing because you butchered the name of that episode. <laughs> Isn't it okay for fights? Friday night's all right for fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. You said Friday night dinners are okay with fighting. Yeah, Friday nights don't mind if you fight. They're fine with it. Fridays, you can fight on them if you want. Yeah, it's up to you. But yeah, I I was going to say that too. It reminded me of that energy where it like cuts to them suddenly having a way different emotion. Mm Mm-hmm. You mentioned this, that Friday night dinners must be canceled. At the end of season seven, again, Amy just threw this away, I guess. Lorelai's like, hey, we'll talk about that spa stuff at our Friday night dinners. Let's just keep doing them. But it seems that we're not doing those anymore because we're never seeing them. It's possible they were until the big funeral fight. 
yeah, that's actually maybe what happened. Then, out of the blue, Emily brings up how she's traumatized because Lorelai left when she was 16. And I feel like it's fair because the show has made it very clear that that is the most important thing in Emily's life. And, like, she still hates Lorelai for that. Or not hates, but is so angry still. She has not let that go. Yeah. And Lorelai's, like, still with this? We, like, kind of processed this in the original series. What are you talking about? But I get that that's, like, the root of everything. And they haven't processed it formally. And I kind of like it because it's the same thing happened in that episode uh, on Friday nights. We fight. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It ended with Emily having this fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that episode, it was very much like this again. It always comes back to this. But I feel like that's so true, though, that like, I don't know, sometimes with like a family, there's some core issue or trauma or like wound that's like never totally heals. It's always there. But Emily's like, hey, you know, and you left me that letter, that awful mean letter. And Lorelai's like, there was no letter. What are you talking about? On her birthday, she yeah. got some letter, maybe wasn't signed by anyone. She was like a mean letter. That's right. It was a super mean letter. Lorelai's like, I never sent you this. Emily insists she did. Does not believe Lorelai. Or someone signed Lorelai's name to it. I mean, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't. It's not really clear why Emily is sure it's Lorelai, but I believe Lorelai. I'm guessing it's from tricks. Yeah. Give this to Emily years after I die. I guess if it was signed Lorelai, it could be from Trix. I mean, it sounds like the kind of psychopath Trix kind of thing. She likes leaving letters for Emily to find. Yeah, totally. We don't know when she got this letter, but I, I can't remember if we addressed this. I feel like we need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, well, the session ends. Lorelai's like, we can't end the session. Like, we've got to talk about this letter. She's like, all right, fine. We'll talk about this next week. Like, we have to. Part of me is like, you know, you don't have to not talk to Emily. It's not like there's a silent treatment afterwards. You could be like, show me the letter. I didn't send you one. Someone else sent you this letter. Yeah. It's kind of insane that it's like, well, we'll pick this up next week. Like if I was being accused of like sending my mom an evil letter, I'd be like, it didn't happen. Let's work this out right now. Yeah. I would like follow Emily home. Be like, show me the letter. Yeah. Maybe Lorelai wrote this letter and then put it in a drawer somewhere, never to send to her, but Emily found it, and it seemed... (laughs) There's so many incriminating letters in this show. Yeah, stop writing them, Lorelai. Anyway. Naomi is having a crisis. Yes, she got a letter from Lorelai. No. No, she is just having her meltdown because Naomi is uh, crazy drunk. She's having a meltdown right now. About, like, her boyfriend? I don't even remember what I just said. I yeah, said breakdown here. some issue with a new guy. She changed the rabbit to a mouse for the children's book. Rory's just over it. She kind of hangs up on her. Well, Rory's kind of like, you need to settle down. Everything's fine. And I don't feel like the woman takes that very well. She's all like, you just understand. You Americans don't get it. Yeah, but Rory's totally over this shit. Naomi's like, yeah, she misremembers her thought about the, the rabbit and the whale. She's like, it's a mouse. Insisting it's a mouse. Rory's like, yeah, whatever. I'll talk to you later. And then she sits on Logan's lap. And just starts kind of complaining to him. And he listens to her for a while. I have to say real quick that Logan is being like the best boyfriend he's ever been. He's just like. Not to his fiance. No, I didn't say best fiance. No, 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 no. He's just being a good boyfriend to her listening and like gently being like, well, I've heard she's kind of a lot. He's like reading this Sandy Says blog website to see if it's like a legit place to work. And he's like, meh, it's dumb, but it's fine. Yeah. And Rory's kind of like, well, maybe I could stay with you a couple more days, Logan. And Logan's like, well, actually, the old lady's coming to town. And Rory's like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And she takes it pretty well. She's probably like, all right, well, I'll just see what Dean's doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll do a tour. <laughs> tour to X. 
I like to think of like, where, where's Paul for all this? Anybody but like, Paul. I'll just sleep with anyone. <laughs> yeah. See, Paul has some friends. I like a fuck. Yeah, why doesn't Paul call Rory? Or like, why doesn't she like live with him if she's homeless? Like, I just don't get why he isn't more active in this relationship either. Yeah, totally. I hope we find out Paul's been banging everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai, she forgot that it was Rory's boyfriend. <laughs> That's funny. I hope Lane and Paul have great sex. <laughs> anybody but Zach. Then we cut to another reference to the show, which is great. There's a movie night in Stars Hollow. I forget the name of the movie theater, but it's like that small little movie theater. It looks a little bit like a living room. Black, white, and red. R-E-A-D. That's right. They're showing a racer head. Kirk is running it, of course. And there's a lot of funny jokes here. Like, Lulu takes Luke and Lorelai to a couch. And he's like, you want to use this couch? Kirk and I have had a lot of fun on this couch, which is a reference to a previous episode where they were just like hardcore dry humping on this couch <laughs> while Lorelai and Luke were there. Kirk also makes an announcement that you're not supposed to bring outside food, so don't do that. Don't purchase food and bring it in. Everyone's like, cool, cool, no problem, while they're like slamming Al's Pancake House stuff. <laughs> and, uh... Adette is fucking grilling. Did you say Adette? Logan's fiance is there. <laughs> Babette is fucking grilling. That's pretty funny. She's just yeah. got a grill going, smokes everywhere. Her and Maury are just, like, cooking sausages. Kirk's like, could you be a little more discreet? She's like, no, it's fine. I didn't purchase any of this stuff. <laughs> I, I brought just, it from home. Yeah, I'm grilling it. Kirk also is debuting a new film by Kirk. Yes. Again, several references to previous episodes. Maury's a fan of the old one. He's wearing a shirt that says, a film by Kirk. But it's, like, in the font of the Babette A Oatmeal type right. shirt. So I guess, like, Kirk must have made these shirts. I totally, and I, and I think that's, that's a, a really to fun reference. Yes. It's like a double thing. Then we get to see this film by Kirk, which is like the previous one, like a really low budget, like artsy, sort of like a, a pair. It's not meant to be a parody. I mean, the show is doing a parody of artsy films. So it's like over the top of pedals dying and no one cares. But it's, it's pretty funny of how cheaply it's made. <laughs> they throw like a hubcap into the road after the car hits the pig, but you see the hand throw it. Yeah. He's at Lorelai's house at some point. Lorelai's like, that's my house. And it's so funny because Lorelai's just like in the background, like showing a gardener where to like. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't cut it when after Lorelai comes out. I don't know. It was really funny when Lorelai comes out in the background, like showing some guy what to trim or something. She's not, has no idea she's being filmed. Yeah. Luke's like, how did you not notice? (laughs) (laughs) There's also a shot where Petal's supposed to be dead. And the actual pig like runs in to the shot. They grab him out. (laughs) Kirk's like, we should probably take that out. I felt like all of that was pretty funny. But then in the middle of this movie, Emily calls Luke. What? Leaves a message. She wants him to come over for dinner. Didn't call Lorelai. Called Luke. What the hell is happening? When the phone rings, I think Babette and Maury are like, can you turn off your phone? That's distracting. But they're like spraying yeah, the grill. Yeah, just spraying the grill. <laughs> the next day at the end, Rachel Ray is their pop-up chef because they've been having a thing where they have these like famous chefs come in for a little bit. Rachel Ray's there couple things about this scene. Number one, how are they not getting A-listers when Rachel Ray is cooking there? I, I feel like know. if they bagged Rachel Ray, they could bag J-Law. <laughs> also, the B-listers are not eating anything, which is like a running joke about these chefs. No one's eating the food because the B-listers don't eat. But I have to say, this scene was kind of hard to watch. I have nothing against Rachel Ray. I bet she's an amazing cook. In fact, I had a Rachel Ray cookbook at some point. But she's not an actress. The acting in this scene is pretty bad. All the lines are stiffly read. I don't buy it at all. Yeah, Rachel's not great. But I think, like you said, Lauren Graham isn't maybe doing her best work because she doesn't have much to work with going off of Rachel. 
Yeah, it's a little rough. And Lorelai then has to fire her because, like, no one's eating the food. But she's also saying, like, uh, maybe we need to expand. Michelle is also notably on vacation in New York. And Lorelai's like, oh, there's a lot of hotels there. So she suspects he's, like, off looking for a job. Yeah. And then she says something about how, like, he was always there for her previously. So, like, giving his reason why she likes Michelle so much. Because he, he can be a dick. Yeah. Like, they've been friends since she started working there, essentially. Like, he was always looking out for her. Cut to Friday night dinner. Luke and Lorelai show up. Emily's all like, why are you here, Lorelai? Lorelai's like, I emailed you a ton of times that I was coming. And Emily's just like, I don't understand email. <laughs> that was very funny. Like, you don't know how to do it at all? To be fair, Lorelai should know that Emily doesn't respond to email. Yeah. Right before he comes in, Luke swallows a bug. He is so uncomfortable. He doesn't want to be here at all. It's kind of funny how uncomfortable he is. He swallows a bug. And he's like uh, <coughs> coughing and stuff. And Emily's like, what's wrong? He's like, oh, I swallowed a bug. And she says, why would you, would you do that? Do that? <laughs> like, you know, he wanted to do it. He did it for fun. Rory also shows up. Emily's like, you also weren't invited. <laughs> She's like, I told you I was coming. Maybe the show's about Emily losing her mind now. I don't know. Mm. Rory's like, you knew I was coming. I was going to stay here because I'm going to Chilton tomorrow for some like alumni thing. Also, I'm still looking for my lucky outfit, everybody. That's from last week, but I'm still looking for it. Emily just gave all of her stuff to Berta? Yeah, and there's still more Berta's family stuff. Like, they're just, like, around doing shit in the background the whole time. And Rory touches yes. Richard's picture. Yes. Says, like, miss you or something. That was really cute. That was really sweet. Emily takes Luke into Richard's old study. Again, super funny how uncomfortable he is. Emily tells Luke that Richard left him a ton of money in a trust that's to be used to expand Luke's empire. His, like... Diner. He wants him to have a whole diner empire. She also tells him that Richard had this person like predict everyone's death. <laughs> She's got yeah, this log yeah. of everyone's death date prediction in their family. Somebody's job to do this. She's like, She's you like you've got time some left. time. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll put it in my calendar. The next day at Chilton, Rory meets up with Paris. They're there to like talk to students to like, I don't know, show them the alumni, can do stuff, give them advice. I don't know what this is, but it seems like a thing that happens at colleges. It's a high school. Right. So why is it happening at a high school? I don't know. <laughs> you made that same mistake like early on. You kept calling You're absolutely to right. College. It's totally a high school. There's a lot of funny jokes here too. Paris is like hyper successful and you can just tell that everyone is intimidated by her, the staff. Like she sees some old professor. She's like, oh, hey, professor. He just like runs into a classroom to get away from yeah. her. She also mentions she donated like $100,000 to the school. Yeah. So like she just keeps checking everything. The dean comes out and he's like, so nice to see you guys. Headmaster. You're right. Headmaster. Also looks exactly the same. Old men at some point don't change, I guess. Taylor, yeah. Mitchum, Charleston, all the same. Paul Anka, all of them. The real one or the dog? Both. Yeah, Paris just keeps pointing out stuff to the headmaster like, could this be updated? Like, how old is this? Did you buy this with your money or my money? Yeah, she thinks he's spending the money on like his own stuff. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Stuff. Rory has to take a phone call at some point and she's like, I got to step outside. He's like, please don't. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck here talking to Paris. Lorelai at some point during the scene calls Rory on a break from therapy. Yeah, this is insane. She calls Rory and talks to her for about two minutes, maybe. And then it's like, oh, I got to go. Therapy starting again. And it was like, what? how much time did you think you had to talk to your daughter? You know she's at Chilton doing stuff. And you're like, hey, I got to talk to her for a minute and a half. It, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I think it was just to place them in locations. I kind of hated it. She's Gen X. They love to call. That's true. We have a moment where the headmaster talks to Rory. And he's being really sweet. He's like, hey, I came across some of your articles by accident just reading. And they were great. I think you're a great writer. And like... 
you're super successful and like, you know, we're proud of you. It's interesting because they ended on a sour note because Rory like lost a Chilton student who got arrested mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Yale and he was not happy about it. So it's kind of nice that he got over that because I didn't like that she sullied that relationship with him because I kind of liked their relationship. And it's nice that he's like, no, you are, you're a cool person. Like he doesn't address that at all. Going back to therapy, Emily and the therapist come back in. The therapist has recently started smoking again. Which I thought was funny. She's like, yeah, I just started. This has been tough. And then Emily just kind of goes on a rant about how she's upset that Luke and Lorelai aren't married. They're just booty buddies is what she calls them. That was very funny to hear. Roommates. This was all very funny (laughs) because the therapist says, Luke, he's your guy, right? And then Emily's like, even the therapist is referring to Luke as your guy. Like, this is some sort of beach blanket movie. That was so funny. Beach blanket movie. I just imagine, like, an Elvis Elvis movie. movie, Yeah. Yeah. But I think Emily's concern is that her and Richard went through hard times. You remember their big fight. And she sort of says, like, our marriage is what kept us together. And thank God it did because we had so many good years after, like, our fight and after his, like, health scares. Which is nice to know that the last few years together were really good. Yeah. And she's afraid that, you know, if things get tough with Luke and Lorelai, as Lorelai has done so many times in the past, they'll just separate and they will just find somebody else they'll, because they'll be like, this isn't important. We're just fooling around until we're bored of each other and then we'll move out. And I have to say that, like, I don't think that's true for just people in general, but like, I get where Emily's coming from because Lorelai just is in a relationship, is almost married or gets married and she's out. So, like, it's not insane that she's worried about Lorelai leaving Luke if things get tough. And Lorelai's acting like Emily's being crazy, but she's doing a great job with her face of also letting us know that this is maybe getting to her a little. Yes. Like, yeah, maybe our relationship isn't as permanent as I'd like it to be. I'm like just kind of pretending it's fine. Yeah. It's all in her face. It's great. I will say something that very much bothered me. That is that like the last session they had, they're like, what? There's a secret letter that like I'm saying doesn't exist and you're claiming does. We'll talk about this next week. And then they don't. Yeah, I feel like we have to address that. But I can't remember if we do. There's no way they don't address it at some point. Right? That's too big of a Chekhov's letter. But it's so frustrating that like I was saying that I would have followed my mom home being like, I'm telling you, I didn't send you this letter. Let me see it. It would have been that much, you know, like gaslighting kind of like, are you lying? Like, what is this letter? And then she even made a point of being like, all right, we're not going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it next week. And then they just don't. Like, no, we want to know about the letter at the very least. So that was very frustrating that they just like dropped that. Meanwhile, back at Chilton, Rory and Paris both go to speak to two different classes to like, you know, encourage these students to pursue different things. Just as, you know, it's alumni coming back to high school. They're talking to the hottest groups of nerds they could find. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are just like all beautiful little nerds. Rory does this, like, you know, sweet thing about, like, learning stuff she didn't plan on learning. It's the kind of thing that sounds like, you know, uh, a nice written speech. Paris is, like, scaring the shit out of these kids, and it's pretty funny. At some point, like, they don't laugh. Rory's doing these, like, organic jokes that everyone laughs at. Paris has jokes that she wrote that they don't even find funny or know that are jokes. And then we cut away from Paris right after she says, you know, I don't like to quote Stalin. He's a bad dude. But I like, I like this one quote. <laughs> it's like, what? Then at the end of it, as they're leaving, one of the girls from Paris's room comes out like crying. <laughs> Super funny. Then Paris sees Tristan like flirting with some girl. 
Tristan. It's clearly not the quotes. same actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Tristan. I wish they wouldn't have shown him at all. Just if it's not going to be him, just have him be totally off screen. It's weird yeah. to have it be clearly a different dude. Because by not showing his face, we know it's not the same actor. They would have shown his yeah. face. He's a famous yeah. actor. Yeah, it's sort of it's dumb. Paris doesn't have a breakdown in the bathroom. Again, funny stuff though. She goes in there, kicks out like three girls who all credit to these actresses for falling into like a pile. <laughs> just, like scream and fall on the ground. And then she has a breakdown in there and she's like, maybe I'm still in love with Tristan. And like she's having like a ton of imposter syndrome. She like shows her briefcase is empty. She just brought it to like look important. And then she's like saying how she misses banging Doyle and how great their sex was. Their volcanic sex. Lori's yeah. like, you didn't need to tell me that. But then, again, another reference to the show, a little forced, Franny shows up. Francie. Francie, yes, you're right. She was the girl who, like, was on the student council and didn't like Paris's ideas and, like, tried to get Rory to side with her and also, like, force Rory into some, like, backroom bathroom meetings. So we're having another bathroom meeting. Oh, I forgot to mention, there's a great seat. After someone tries to come to the bathroom and Paris just, like, slams her foot into the door, her healed foot. <laughs> I was going to so say, people strong. are going to be mad if you don't bring that up. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. So much credit to the actress for or the way she did it, the physical comedy. was In so funny. heels? In heels. Just like holds it strongly shut while they try to open the door. But then that's when Francie comes in. Francie's like, listen, I don't understand why you're like having imposter syndrome right now. Like you're an MD and a lawyer and like you're like an expert on like two or three other fields. Like you're, you're doing great. And then Paris accuses her of like trying to collude with Rory somehow. And then Francie leaves. Yeah, this was all a little weird. It's like almost too much, just like throwback on purpose for the sake of it stuff. Like, why is Paris suddenly having? I guess it makes sense. She's like going through a divorce that she'd be having some feelings. I don't know. Paris freaks out all the time. It's not insane. Paris is insane. So it's not insane that she would act this way. I did like when Francie was like, did I just walk into 2003? <laughs> yeah. Roy meets with the headmaster again, who tells her that, hey, like, you know, do you want to work here? You can like have any job you want here at the high school. I hate to see someone of your caliber struggle because I know you don't have a job yet. Roy's like, no, I don't want to be a teacher. Thanks very much, though. And then as she's leaving, Paris's students come in to, like, get therapy from the headmaster. I don't yeah, know. is that his job? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a funny bit, but, like, also, like, what is happening? Yeah. He has a huge globe, by the way. Yeah. And whose money like do you think he spent on that? Four or five feet in diameter. <laughs> it's so big. I imagine, though, that globe opens up and there's drinks inside. I'm not joking. It's like a thing. Ooh. Rory goes to hang out at Paris's house where we meet Paris's children. And then there's this running bit about how their house has way too many stairs. It's like five stories townhouse in New York. It's cute. And it's just super like a, such a struggle to go up and down these stairs. And like that's how they lost a nanny is because they made it go up the stairs too many times. It's a running bit. That's pretty funny. At some point, Paris utters the phrase blow my colon. And I don't remember what it was in reference to or who she said it to. Well, I think it's because the kids hadn't eaten yet, and they had already gone upstairs with the maid. And so they're just like, what are we going to do? Call her down and tell her she's got to go back up there again? Doyle shows up with the kids. Doyle is uh, just a cool dude now, real relaxed, because he's a screenwriter now. He sells scripts. Apparently him and Rory stay in touch. Yeah. That's cool. I mentioned this last time, or you did, that he is a, an actual writer. The actor is an mm -hmm. actual writer, uh, screenwriter. So this is a little bit of a meta joke. I love how he like, goes to sit and Paris is like, don't sit. <laughs> yeah. But also I love how they're both like, we got to keep this made and the stairs are too much. Yeah. And Rory's like, I could take the kids out. They're like, you'll go up the stairs? 
Yeah, they mentioned that the maid went upstairs with the kids, and Doyle's like, she went upstairs? <laughs> it's just so, like, overdramatic. But Rory's like, yeah, I could take the kids out. Don't worry about it. She does. She takes them to the park to eat, I guess. I don't know. Rory doesn't know how to do food. Yeah. She calls Logan and asks him if he will actually call Condé Nast and make it happen. Like, make that, pull the strings, pull those favors, and, like, get a meeting for her. She calls Logan, by the way, who, you know, he's in London, so it's a, it's much later. She wakes him up. He gets out of bed. Odette, uh, I imagine it's Odette, is in bed. He gets up and just has a full conversation with his side piece 10 feet from his sleeping fiance. You got to leave the room when you're talking to your side piece. Yeah, it's just like, who are you talking to right now in the middle of the night, honey? No one, baby. Don't worry about it. It's like very silly. Yeah, just go to the next room. Yeah. Like, you could, I could see he's like, I'm an important man. I get phone calls about work. But it's like, she can hear what you're saying. Rory also definitely should have done the math. She knew she was coming to town. Unless this is like a different period of time. We, we jump through time a fair amount. You know what yeah, I mean? She's like, been to London frequently. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I forgot about time zones. Like, you are very well aware of them. So then we cut to the Condé Nast interview. It's at GQ. We it's, think? Well, it's GQ is owned be. by Condé Nast. So okay. I, it has to be. It's confusing because they're in this building. By the way, this looks very green screened. And they reuse this set later for sure. It's this like big, fancy New York office with huge windows. But then like later she says she's still getting like dragged around by Condé Nast. So I'm like confused if this was the Condé Nast meeting or not. The phone call makes me feel like it has to be. And since GQ is owned by Condé Nast, yeah, I imagine like, it is. Since this is right after that mission scene, it has to be. But then I don't understand the comment later. Yeah. They love Rory. They're talking about how they liked all her articles. They're just going like gushing about them. They also keep referencing David Wallace, who is a famous journalist, not the boss in the office, who I kept picturing every time they said David Wallace. But they're like, uh, we don't know what you might want to do here. We don't know what you would write for us. And they're like pitching ideas they had. And like this big article that they've just been wanting to write for the longest time is about lines. You know, people waiting in line. People waiting in lines in New York. What's it about? What's their deal? Their deal is there's something inside they want. Yeah. Depends what's inside. Not all lines are the same. Some people are waiting to pee. <laughs> Some people are waiting to see a show. I waited in line to get a PS. Two when it came out I, that's like it i i wouldn't wait in line for anything else <laughs> they, they sort of suggest like all these people have something in common and it's like yeah they want something then a lot of other people want that's that's it and they have time so anyway roy's like cool cool but then as she's done with the interview she looks back and you she's just like wistfully like oh i want to work here you can just tell she's like oh my god i want to be in this office yeah there's like some gilmore girl sad music that play not la la's just like no i want to work here oh <laughs> I'm Rory. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually do have a job. I forgot. I got it when I was in college and never went back. I should see if I still work there. <laughs> Meanwhile, at therapy, Emily's gone. Lorelai calls her. She's like, oh, I quit therapy. Didn't tell you, which is very unlike Emily. I feel like she's, like, duty-bound to let people know, that, like, to inform people of this kind of stuff. But it seems like Lorelai still wants to talk. She starts, mm -hmm. like, sitting down and spilling stuff. We find out here that Richard had a heart attack. Lorelai got a call about it. He was in the ICU for a bit. He was very angry about it all. His last words were, get the hell away from me to some nurse. And I'm, I'm assuming he like maybe had another heart attack or something and kind of died suddenly. Because they say that no one really got that nice last moment with him. Yeah. They start talking about her and Luke and she's all like, no, we're happy. No, we're happy. We're happy. Luke's happy. So it's like, oh, she's unhappy. Yeah. Because she, she tells her that she was married before but it just didn't work out because it was always supposed to be Luke. 
And then she's kind of pondering, like, but why aren't we married? And she she thinks maybe it's because she has this tendency to not want to do things like her mother, which is something that's come up before. Yeah. That she is just like contrarian to her mother, which I think is true sometimes. So that could be the reason she's not getting married. Yeah. To her own detriment, I think sometimes. Yeah. Like, that, I think they explored that in season seven, which was without Amy. The Cotillion episode was kind of about that. But yeah, she's she's insisting, yeah, we're happy. But then she's like, Luke's happy. We we are happy. Like she's not sure if she's happy or if she's just doing what Luke wants. Emily shows up at the diner with a real estate lady that she had mentioned to Luke previously. Yes, and this real estate woman is pretty funny. She is all business. She's constantly on the phone, but also talking to Emily all the time. <laughs> She tells Luke to call Emily mom for some reason. And Luke and Emily just both look at her like, no, that's not what this is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Emily's all like, oh, we're going to be looking at places for your franchise today. Luke's all like, oh, okay. Uh, Caesar can run the place. She's like, you're going to need more Caesars. He's like, I only only got one Caesar. There's more than one Caesar. Maybe not true. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen a few different people, at least two different people be called Caesar. I wonder if that wasn't a meta joke, though. Them oh, maybe. That they switch actors. The next scene's super funny. They go to a couple places, and this realtor woman is just like so excited about the failures of this restaurant that she wants to buy. She's just like so excited because it's going to be cheap for them. They're like, oh, they've got all kinds of health code violations, and they're way behind on their rent. This place is still open. They're being welcomed. <laughs> she's yeah. just like, yeah, we're we're buying you. It's just like shitting all over this place in front of this poor guy who's the owner. I think he's the owner anyway. They're in the car on the way to another place, and Luke's like, Emily, don't you have therapy today? And she's like, no, I stopped going to that like a week ago. Luke's like, huh. So this could be like a week after the time when Lorelai was there alone. It's not necessarily the same day that Lorelai was there alone. It could have even been multiple weeks. Yeah. So it's heavily implied that Lorelai has continued to go to therapy, not telling Luke that her mother's no longer going. She's just now going about Luke. Yeah. Luke comes back home. Lorelai is watching A History of Violence, which I have not seen, but she insists that Viggo Mortensen's character is basically Luke. Like, they may have copied him. I believe it. Have you seen it? No. Not you. The people. No. Oh. <laughs> They're not going to answer. But when he comes home, he asks her, hey, uh, how did therapy go today? And Lorelai was like, oh, it's, it's fine. Lying to him, saying that she did go to therapy with her mother. And then she says, your shirt's kind of fancy. Did you go to the bank? Now, we didn't mention this, but Emily heavily implied that, that he should change shirts before they go gallivanting yeah, to various diners. And he's like, yeah, I went to the bank. So it's interesting that he lied. Is it just because she did? He's like, well, I don't need to tell you everything either, bitch. Yeah, it's unclear. I mean, neither of them should be lying. I don't know why she's lying, because she's like embarrassed that she's going to therapy. I don't know. No, because she's talking to the therapist about Luke now. It's, yeah. It's not even about her mother. She doesn't. But she could just say she's talking about the inn or something, you know? Yeah, but I think if you found out I was going to therapy, wouldn't you be a little curious what I was seeking help for? Yeah, but if your mom was Emily Gilmore, I think I'd have an idea. Yeah, so I I think she's just letting him think it's about her mother because that's easiest rather than letting him know she's not happy about something in her own life. Yeah. Rory goes to stay at Paris's house. She tells the nanny she can go, and the nanny's like, I don't want to go upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, if you want to go upstairs, take a nap. I'm not going up there. So she goes out very willingly. Rory gets a call from Jason Manzukis, who works for Naomi Shropshire. Yeah. I had to like hear that name four times. Like, is that her real last name? Shropshire? Shropshire? Shropshire. 
I think I had a, a ballet instructor when I was it's a kid real with that last name, so it's not. It sounds like a B-lister name. Yeah. But he calls to cancel their contract, in quotes. Yeah. She's done working with Rory. Rory's like, cool, I didn't do anything. I'll send you my doodles. Yeah, he's asked for all the notes, and I'm like, you're going to be disappointed with what you get. <laughs> Jason Manzoukas is a big Gilmore Girls fan. He was a guest on the Gilmore Guys podcast a few times. Oh, interesting. He was a regular guest on the Gilmore Guys podcast, I think. Interesting. I wonder if he was like, I would like to be in this. Can I be in this? Also, get my Gilmore Guys friends a little part, please. Hmm. So now that her book deal fell through, which is her last, like, poker in the fire, she calls Condé Nast. Or GQ. Yeah. Whoever these people are. She calls them and is like, I'll do your line story. I'm so excited about this. I got so many ideas for lines. I'm going to be the best lines writer you've ever seen. And they're like, cool, great. You could tell she's freaking out, though, because she's, like, tap dancing while this is happening. Yeah. She calls Lorelai to kind of just update her on all of this. Lorelai's wearing like this textured suit. It's like a matching pants and top, but it's it's like a weird texture. I can't decide if I like it. Rory invites Lorelai to come to New York to hang out with her while she does this lines piece. So they do. They're having a day. Lorelai goes to find food while Rory starts to interview this guy in line. Rory like sits down on the ground to talk to this guy and just gets like bored immediately. She falls asleep within like a minute. It's like this is the least professional Rory's ever been. It's just like, yeah, tell me about lines. Good night. She's so dressed up too. Like Lorelai's wearing kind of like a spring white jacket outfit, but Rory's like going to a cocktail party. Her shoes are amazing. They are like black and white checkered heels. Yeah. Also, they get coffee. I don't know if they have coffee in the beginning or if Lorelai brings it back, but it's the same exact coffee cup Lorelai had at therapy in Connecticut. So must be yeah, a totally, coffee chain. 100%. Then we, uh, you know, now that Rory's awake, we get this kind of running bit where Lorelai somehow through her charm is able to like get around the lines. Like she comes back in line with the donuts they're all waiting for, the cronuts. And she's like, oh yeah, the chef was throwing them out and I just like talked them up and I got some free ones. They did look good. Yeah. Oh, and the, the girl from... I don't know what show she's on. Yeah, I was like, you know something about this girl is a thing, but you don't know what to say, do you? One of the girls in the line is the girl that's from Arrested Development, but she's also in... Parenthood. Parenthood, that's right. Yes, the actress's name is Mae Whitman. She plays Lauren Graham's daughter in Parenthood. I think she looks so much like Lauren Graham. Yeah. So it's fun that she gets to do a scene with her two daughters. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, I think it's... The fact that she's in here makes me think that the whole Paul gag is like an homage, an homage... An homage, if you will. In homage. To Arrested Developments and character. Because it's just like too, too, it's too coincidental, really. In this group with Mae Whitman, there's a couple people, but another one of them is Luke, Scott Patterson's actual wife in real life, who actually, she's in an episode of the original series about like the Maypole. She's talking to Miss Patty about like setting up the Maypole. Mm, that's right. She's credited in this as 38-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, that's that same girl. I say girl because she looks young. She's a 38-year-old woman. <laughs> I think she's a decent amount younger than Scott Patterson. But um, she's not really an actor. She's been in like three things, and two of them are Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is Luke. <laughs> that's not how sex works. Uh, yeah, you've been doing it wrong, okay? The butt is a pleasure zone. Well, you know it's going at the top of the episode. <laughs> I thought it might go on the Bo Joaquin bottom. <laughs> okay. As soon as I said just bottom, I regretted not putting Joaquin before it. 
they go through a bunch of lines. At some point, they find a line that's forming, and they're asking people, like, what's this line about? And they're like, I don't know, because these are the kind of people GQ's talking about, I guess, people who just literally get into lines for no reason. And they go to the front of the line to find out. It's actually just some people eating lunch, and the line is just, people, just confused, people lining up behind them. Yeah, nobody does this. Nobody just gets in a line. No. This is all dumb. I hate this. Yeah, I, I don't. It's, it's pretty stupid. Then they get into, like, a collector's line. This is, like, cosplay people for, like, Star Wars collectible kind of stuff. Lorelai doesn't want any part of this. So Rory's like, I'll stay here. Don't worry about it. You go back to the hotel. So much later, Rory goes back to the hotel. Lorelai's waking up from a nap. She's wearing a shirt that just says happy across it. She's trying to convince herself she is, I guess. (laughs) And Rory comes in saying she slept with a Wookiee. She had her first one-night stand. With some guy who was in line with her that she ended up getting drinks with. Who was dressed like a Wookiee. She's like, we were all just hanging out and having a good time and laughing. <laughs> More lies, like, Wookiees, they have that very deep laugh. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Loved her line delivery. Yeah. What do they laugh like? I'm, I have seen Chewie laugh. It's, it's not that much different than their growl, but they're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say some stuff about this scene. This is all very frustrating. So, What? There's not- nothing wrong with this scene. First off, their hotel is clearly the same place they filmed that GQ office in. It's it's the same place. Secondly, so Rory not only is cheating on her boyfriend with an old flame who maybe she can't get over their feelings for, but she's also just having one-night stands with random dudes she meets. You need to call Paul right the hell now and say, hey, it's over. Yeah, in this scene, they confirm that she's still with Paul. They hadn't really brought him up all episode. Yeah. Now we find out she is still with him for some reason. I, it's what the hell like this is, joke is like not funny like just break up with the guy it would be fine to, if the joke was that he won't let her break up or something but she's just fucking dudes while she's in a relationship nonchalantly it's I, i'm not a fan of this it could be the same room you're right i just looked at both it's a little different windows but maybe i don't think it is i think they're just shooting at a different angle they're focusing on the wall it's very similar so Roy's having an existential crisis. I will say that her mother, you know, makes fun of her a little bit, but is there for her. Rory then admits that she's sleeping with Logan, who has a fiance. Lorelai's, I don't know, kind of like, oh, hmm. I think Lorelai might be like, really? Didn't you learn from Dean? <laughs> Stop doing this. Yeah, Lorelai maybe should be a little harsher on her, but she's also not, like, in charge of her anymore. Like, right. with the Dean thing, Rory was, like, a child still, basically. Yeah. And she wasn't, but. Right, Rory's a full adult now. So Rory's having this breakdown, so she just calls Sandy Says and is like, let's do it. I'm coming in for an interview. We find out that Lorelai had her lucky outfit all along. Which, when she put on, I was like, it doesn't look that great, quite honestly. I liked it. Okay. Rory admits she only did this lines thing because Condé Nast or whoever those people were wanted her to do it. She had no plan because, yeah, there's nothing there. (laughs) It's not a story. Yeah, it's almost like GQ is like, if she says she'll do this, she's an idiot. (laughs) So she's going to give, she's going to do Sandy Says. Lorelai asks if he kept the costume on. And Rory's like, I'll tell you later. I really want to know. Yeah. Because she keep, she said she had sex with a Wookiee, which leads me, I don't know why you'd mention that if he didn't have it on. So Sandy Says is this like up and coming gossip internet rag, honestly. It's a super small little office. Internet that, rag? What the fuck yeah, is that? Well, you call like a newspaper, like a bad one, a rag. Oh, okay. 
And I don't think this is a, that's why Rory doesn't work here. It's not good. This CEO who's 21 or whatever, he's, you know, talking a big game about how they're going to catch up to, you know, Huffington Post and stuff. But I don't think that they are. I feel like this woman is probably technically a young millennial, but it, it feels very much like Amy's being like, look at what we would now call Gen Z, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, totally. These people do things differently. But it's like the small office and it's got this like, yeah, it's like, oh, they work in groups together and everyone's no one has private space, which is awful. Oh, my God. I can't imagine working here. There's, it's such small tables. It's so cramped in there, too. And an awful green paint on the wall. I get that having an office is maybe a little isolating. Like being in an open space with people could be kind of cool. But they're all at like a tiny desk together. Yeah. This scene I hate so much. <laughs> I like I this hate girl. So I like her much. vibe. I think she's playing sure. this character well. The actress, yeah. Well, she's going through as this like overconfident CEO, and she keeps like stopping at people's desks and doing little things, which I would be fine with, with this woman being like, you know, a micromanager. But like she's talking to Rory and stopping and doing things that like she just does not possibly have the time to actually be doing anything helpful. She goes to some woman's computer and like presses two keys and then moves on. Like, did she just control pace something? Yeah, like, what did, the hell? Did she, did she print what she was working on? Like, how did she, <laughs> she wouldn't have had time to process what needed to be done. Yeah, let alone do it. And the woman smiles like, cool, oh, you did the yeah, thing I needed. That's what I was missing. I'm, I was trying to print and I didn't. <laughs> oh, it's a period, then a space. I was just stuck at the end of the sentence. <laughs> She just presses two keys. And then she does the same thing. She like walks by a dude and just like grabs his pen from his hand and circles something. And he's like, oh, right. <laughs> Fucking right. Dude's writing something. She takes the pencil out of his hand and circles like, what the, what? Was he writing like, <laughs> will you go to the prom with me? Yes, no, maybe. And she circled <laughs> yes. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I wish there would have been a third one. She just like buttoned someone's button a little tighter. <laughs> <laughs> straighten someone's bangs out like i get what they're going for but it they, it's not believable at all she sits down with rory and she's like all right cool pitch me some of your ideas and rory's like uh pitch ideas interview what <laughs> now the idea is that rory's like this is in the bag because they're begging me to work here i didn't need to really prepare for an interview that makes sense however rory's been interviewing places she was just at gq now at GQ, I assume we skipped the part where she pitched them ideas and stuff. I don't know. Because they were like, what are you up to? And she's like, eh, just like this and another thing, kind of. Yeah, but I don't, that, that meeting was so short. That's insane that that was that whole meeting. It seems like this girl and GQ, Conde, whatever, were all like, we want Roy Gilmore. She's a hot commodity. But what has she done besides this like one article? She's done a couple articles. That's what the headmaster said. But that one article was like her big one, I think. Sure. It just doesn't, I don't really get why she's so in demand. It's that review she did of that ballet that in, the, mm. <laughs> in the paper. Rory is unprepared for this, which also kind of fits. We've had Rory do that before where she's sort of like assuming she's going to be great at something and she's sort of actually ill-prepared for it. And that's what happens here. But I just, again, I'm just like, I can't imagine that. Rory has zero ideas for stories because then what are you even doing as a writer, like trying to write at newspapers? You have zero ideas like you can't improvise some stuff right now. She cannot. She tries and it's very bad. She tries to like pitch her sleeping with a Wookiee and the girl's like, that sounds dumb. That sounds like loser girls. We've already do loser girls. We've done like eight articles on that. We don't know what this place is. What's kind of funny, though, is that earlier in this episode, Doyle's like, yeah, I went to this interview and I just like pitched the guy some stuff I thought about on the way over. And then I got like a bunch of money. So maybe Rory was like, that's all I got to do. Yeah. Uh, she should have Doyle come with her. 
but it doesn't go well. The woman's like, oh, I just. Yeah, she like pretends she's getting a call. She's like, oh, I actually have to end this right now. Bye. And then she calls her immediately and is like, you don't have the job. We're giving it to one of our vets who's been here a couple months. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of our senior writers has been here two months. And then they get into like a real catty fight. Yeah. She makes fun of Rory for having three phones, but I don't know why Rory told her that. She would only yeah. give her, maybe she gave her three numbers in case she couldn't be reached on one. Yeah. But yeah, Rory's all like, you told me I had this job. It's, it's a li- I see both their points. Like, mm-hmm. But Rory, like you did come to this interview and you were just like, I don't know, whatever. I don't think we mentioned this, but this girl at some point was like trying to get Rory to come in for an interview and she sent her a vine. <laughs> well, I did mention the vine, but I didn't, I didn't label it as a vine. Oh, yeah. Just very placed in time when vine yeah. was a thing. Vine. I remember Vine. Barely. Vine essentially became TikTok, but you got yeah. way more time. But same concept. So Rory destroys all her phones. <laughs> she takes the SIM cards out and throws them away. Yeah, I get that Rory should have been more prepared, but it did seem like y- you want Rory. You must know what you like about Rory already. Like, I don't know. Rory's probably more in the wrong here. There's also a funny line where Sandy says that, you know, they're not the New Yorker because they all have hair here. The joke being that they're younger, right? But it's funny because when Rory was trying to talk to somebody at the New York Times, which is not the New Yorker, she was like waiting for a bald man and there was a bunch of bald men. So mm. I was like, I don't know if this is an intentional joke, callback or not. There are also mostly women here. Yeah. Which tend to go bald less often. Yes. So we cut back to Stars Hollow where Lorelai's watching a movie alone. And Rory comes in and says, moving home. Which I'm sure Lorelai's like, oh, yes. Now I'll be happy. I cannot tell you how many times during the original series there's some kind of reference to, like, Rory not doing well in the future. Yeah. So this all kind of checks out. Like, I'm trying Mm. to think of examples. Mitchum says she doesn't have it a lot of times. Yeah. When she writes that ballerina article, Richard has some kind of line, like, people need to be told when they're not good at something. Yeah. When they graduate high school, Paris tells Rory that valedictorians tend to fail. Oh, interesting. There's there's a lot of times when you're always like, no, not my Rory. Rory's the best. And then like when she starts to succeed later in college after the Mitchum stuff, you're like, see, Mitchum was wrong. And I was like, Brian, you don't know Rory like I know Rory. So, Stacey, was this a good episode? <laughs> it's not as good as the first one. But there mm-hmm. is a lot of really funny stuff. Like, the town stuff was all great. The movie I night. I almost think it's funnier than the first one. Sure. It's pretty funny. The movie night and the town meeting. Love group scenes like that. Mm-hmm. But the stuff with Rory, like, everything's just a big bummer. And like I just said, it, it was foretold that she might fail. Yeah. But a lot of it is just like, come on, girl. And I, I just don't love the choice with where her and Logan are at. I'm fine with her being with Logan in this revival. I'm even maybe fine with, like, one of them cheating or something. But, like, we got to figure out why that's happening. Like, what, what led to this? Why isn't she breaking up with Paul? Would Logan rather be with Rory than this woman, but, like, can't be for some reason? Like, why aren't they just together? Yeah. And there's, there's room for all this. Like, they share their feelings all the time. Like, I don't know why they couldn't. Like, when Rory was having a breakdown, couldn't she talk about the Logan situation in more detail for our benefit, you know? If I were writing this, though, like, let's let's just pretend Rory is successful for the last decade. What is this show about? Like, I get the instinct to make her failing in her career. Like, that's just some drama she can have. Like, what else would it be? She's the one that's now getting divorced from Logan and is, like, trying to start over and start hollow or something. That, that could have been an angle. 
you need some kind of conflict. So yeah. I, I get making it a career thing. And it, it makes sense, like her being the age that she is struggling with that. I don't know. It's just, it's not very fun. But it, it was fun to watch. There's just some of those moments were kind of bummers. And I, I sort of like what they're exploring with Luke and Lorelai. It, it doesn't make sense that they're not married because they both wanted that. Yeah, I. it's weird. But like since they're not, I like her sort of exploring if she's happy or if she's just doing what Luke wants. I like when Emily gets under her skin. Yeah. Did you like it? I did, uh, but I also didn't. Uh, it's It's both. I did and I didn't. As I said, it's very, very funny. Like, I feel like the writing is still there. The jokes are still good. Like, several of the jokes I thought were, like, particularly clever. But then there's just stuff, like, that just, like, what? Why? Like, tell us about Logan. Like, why is Rory doing all this shit? Why is Rory showing up to these interviews totally unprepared? Yeah, why, what's going on with Luke and Lorelai? They've never talked about this. You can show us more therapy. Explain why you're not married. So, yeah, I don't know. And, like, th- some jokes didn't work, like Kirk and the Pig. Kirk and the Pig? Oh, the bacon, yeah. The pig movie was funny. Yes. But you know what? I didn't hate it because the jokes were just, they won me over and it's good to see these friends again. Paris is great. Paris is fabulous. She is so good. The actress is fantastic in this. And like I said, they figured out Paris. Like they really figured out her character in the original Mm -hmm. series and she remembers how to play it and she's playing it like a more mature version. Like she's, I don't know. She does a really good job of like playing this woman that would have accumulated a ton more power in the last decade. Totally. Who was already like a narcissist. Mm -hmm. I would say it was good though because some of the writing is just so tight and funny and good. That I enjoyed myself. So I'm going to say it was good, even though there's these just like huge flaws that like, I mean, that aren't episode specific. It's sort of like this season specific. Yeah. I mean, that's how I remember feeling about this whole thing, this mm-hmm. whole year in the life. Just like, yeah, it, it's fun to watch, like scene to scene. There's moments, but just like overall, it's like, but why did, but, but I wish mm-hmm, her, mm-hmm. Okay, mm. but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. If you want to follow along, next time we'll be reading issues 12 through 20 of season 8 of the Buffy comics, as well as the Willow standalone issue, Goddesses and Monsters. Some of those are still available in the animated versions. It cuts off after issue 19, but I believe issue 20 and the Willow issue will be reading only from here on out. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Spring. What did you think about the appearance of Lane's dad? How did you feel about the Logan-Rory situation? Did you want more? Were you upset? Did you like it? Was it hot for you? Tell us more. What snack would you bring to movie night? What sci-fi characters have you banged? Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches, and more. Or send us an email, brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. That's Brian with a Y and Stacey with an EY. For more bonus content, find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Stacy, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel, host monthly live stream watch parties of Buffy and Gilmore Girls, post monthly podcast outtakes, and share early extended episode previews. For more Brian and Stacey content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel called Brian and Stacey. If you want to support our content, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of the episode description or in our social media bios. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming podcast. I'm excited to watch Summer, Brian. People have opinions about it. I hope it's hot, baby. Summer or the opinions? Both. (laughs) Well, they may or may not go to a pool. Ooh. 
I'm not actually excited about that. <laughs> my pool. Fuck yeah. Brian fucking loves pools. Love pools. Standing water is my thing. We are not beach people or pool people, really. Yeah. You've never referred to me as my guy. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.